Hello there. Welcome to another life transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwe Tachero. Beat boatloads of shame. Do you love it already? Beat boatloads of shame. The Oxford English Dictionary defines shame as a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. Shame is the feeling one grapples with because of a shortcoming or impropriety. By impropriety, I mean a failure to observe standards or show due honesty or modesty or where there is character flaw or failure morally, the resultant effect is always shame. The exposure of your impropriety, in other words, when your impropriety spreads like bushfire, it compounds the magnitude of the shame that you feel. You see, shame can be under control if it involves a few people. In fact, shame can be controlled if it's within the four walls of your house. The moment it, the story goes to the neighbor, You, you saw that gentleman. <laughs> and then it goes to the estate. And it comes out of the estate. The caretaker knows. The watchman knows. Then it goes to your office. Where you work. Where your friends know. And then it goes to Facebook. and Instagram and TikTok then it graduates and it goes to Tuko .co.ke <laughs> then from there you become a topic of discussion on FM stations you start trending you trend on Twitter you become the hashtag You will come to a place where you don't even feel like coming out of your house. You don't even feel like going to work. You don't want to even come to church. Because you are not able to control the parameters of the shame that you're feeling. Sometimes when you find yourself in such a predicament, you are even forced to deactivate your social media handle to avoid seeing the memes. People even make memes. Content creators are happy with your story. And they use your story to make money. You see all manner of remarks and comments about your failure. 
Shame, ladies and gentlemen, is a terrible thing. Shame is what Peter felt after denying Jesus thrice. Shame is what David felt when he was confronted by prophet Nathan concerning his adultery. Shame is what Judah felt when the woman he wanted stoned to death produced his signet, cord, and staff. Shame, ladies and gentlemen, is a struggle of scores around the world. And shame cuts across the board. Spiritual leaders grapple with shame. Athletes grapple with shame. Presidents are confronted with shame. Politicians also face shame. Christians and unbelievers, they too struggle with shame on a day-to-day -day basis. Which begs the question, was shame at the Garden of Eden? Was shame in the world when the first human being was created. Where did shame come from? Genesis chapter 2 and verse 25. The Bible says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. When you look at this verse, it is very clear that man was created without shame. It is very clear that Adam and Eve were created without shame. And that's why they were in the presence of each other without shame. They stood before each other without shame. And the Bible says that they were not wearing red and white. They were in their birthday suit. And they were not ashamed. They were walking up and down in the garden of Eden without shame. They were lying under the trees in the garden of Eden without shame. Maybe they were climbing those trees without shame. And Eve could tell Adam, please bring me that fruit. <laughs> and Adam didn't care what Eve was seeing. <laughs> it was without shame. They went to drink water from the river without shame. The sun was up there, so hot, exposing their bodies to each other. But there was no shame. When you think about that, it is unfathomable in our days today that you can actually walk out of your house without your clothes and you have no shame if that happens people will say something is wrong in your head isn't it so you can see from this account that 
shame initially was not in the garden of Eden. God created man in a perfect state and there was no shame. I'm just imagining if Eve did not sin, life could have been very cheap. You just shower and then from the bathroom you proceed to work. <laughs> I am telling you, husbands could be coming to church on time. Because this makeup thing, hairstyle, which dress to wear, which, which matches with which uh, handbag and shoe will not have been there anymore. From the bathroom, straight, you dry on the way as you are going. without without shame so that is how man was created and there was no shame in him there was no shame in adam and there was no shame in eve then what happened when you go to genesis chapter 3 verse 6 we see the introduction of shame in the lives of adam and eve the Bible says from verse 6, And the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, Something is happening. They have been naked all this time, but without shame. But now, their eyes are opened. And they are feeling like, hey, something is wrong. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. They made themselves some clothes. And they had the voice of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. So shame comes into the world or into their lives because of disobedience. Disobedience rather. God told them not to eat a particular tree or the fruit from that particular tree. And because the serpent came and enticed them, started having a conversation with Eve and telling Eve that God is denying you something. That's why he tells you, he has told you not to eat from this, from this tree. And when he managed, the serpent managed to convince Eve, Eve took the fruit and ate it and also gave the husband who was there with her, who also ate of the fruit. And the moment disobedience took root in their hearts, shame also came upon their lives. That's why they discovered, hey, we need to cover ourselves. You see, and that is the natural response of shame. When you feel shame, the first thing you want to do is to cover yourself. True or not true? Yeah, that's the first thing you want to do. You want to cover yourself. You want to make sure that this thing does not go viral. You try and cover yourself. And so they used fig leaves to cover themselves. And then when God came to visit them, as he always does, they had to hide among the trees. 
That is another natural response when you're faced with shame. You want to hide. You withdraw and you try and hide so that you can be able to protect your impropriety. And this is what uh, explains the genesis of shame in the world today. Them hiding and them trying to cover up you know, their bodies with fig leaves is a picture of shame. And from that point onwards, shame started growing. Shame started afflicting human beings in different ways, in different forms. Shame came and started mutating into different shades and colors. And up to now, we are struggling with shame that was introduced to the world because of the disobedience of Adam and Eve. Ladies and gentlemen, it is important for us to note that God does not want us to live in shame. That was not his original plan for human beings. That was not his desire for you and me because he knows that shame is crippling. Look at these guys who are having a nice time with God. He used to come to the garden, visit them and stuff. All of a sudden, they don't want to stand before his presence. They are covering themselves. All of a sudden, their behavior has changed. And at some point, God even asked them, who told you that you are naked? In other words, who told you that there is something called shame? Because when I created you, I created you without shame. Who told you? That you are, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are ashamed of yourself. You are ashamed of your failure. You are ashamed of your disobedience. Who told you that? Where are you, Adam? Who told you that you are naked? So initially, God did not create them to live in shame. And God does not desire you to live in shame. It is my prayer that after this message, you will break out of every shame surrounding your life in the name of Jesus the secrecy in your mind that have brought about shame in your life. The things you can never talk about. The things that were done to you. The things that you did that you are ashamed of and you are secretly struggling with shame. You haven't shared with anyone. You haven't talked to anyone. And these things are eating you up. You feel ashamed of yourself. I pray that this will be a liberating service for you. That God will deliver you from all tentacles of shame that have wrapped themselves around your life. Can I hear louder? Amen. Please shout amen. Some of you think when you preach such a message and you shout amen, people will think you are really struggling with shame. That's why you are saying, hmm. But you can shout amen anyway because I'm preaching the word of God. So tell your neighbor you will come out of shame today in the name of Jesus. Tell them again you will come out of shame today in the name of Jesus. So shame has been mutating. And it has presented itself to us through different shades and colors. I want to talk to you about what triggers shame and how we can be able to come out of it and then I'll be out of your way. What are the triggers of shame? Number one, rehashing the past. Rehashing the past will trigger shame 
in your life. Now, all of us, no matter how beautiful you look, and no matter how handsome you are, all of us have a past. Please, let's settle that first of all, isn't it? Look at your neighbor and tell them, I don't care how beautiful you are, you have a past. If he's handsome, tell them, I don't care how handsome you are, you have a past. The ones who are not talking to your neighbors, I am taking note of you. You are the holy one, isn't it? All of us have a past. Amen? Because we have been born into the nature of sin. So all of us have a past. And that past is not a glorious past. That past is full of failures. That past is full of regrets. That past is full of foolish decisions that we made in the past. That past is full of wrong turns. That past is full of things that we wish we never did. Or things we wish we never said. Or places we wish we never went. I, I wish I had a witness in this house. Yeah, There are things you are saying, if I was to change one thing in my life, it is this one. I was to go back to my past and correct some things this particular one this one because look at the way it has changed my life I wish I had real people in this house oh yes all of us have a past nobody here is an angel even if they call you angel we know you are not an angel It's a lie, I'm telling you. It's a lie. Everybody has a past. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, even if you refuse to talk to me, when the pastor is saying, turn to your neighbor, I know you have a past. And so rehashing your past will trigger shame in your life. Because when you rehash, it simply means that you are meditating, you are going back, you are thinking about it, you are thinking about the blunders you made, you are thinking about the foolish decisions that you made, you are thinking about the wrong turns that you took, you, you, you are thinking about the foolish person that you say yes to. It is very quiet this morning. You remember the fool you married for one week. <laughs> Can I preach in this house? Please tell your neighbor you have a past and it is not a very nice past. You remember. And when you keep on remembering, you know, you allow the thoughts to bombard your mind every day, every moment, every hour. Even right now as I'm preaching, you've already gone back. You can see the man. You can see the woman. Look, tell your neighbor, pastor knows things, my friend. Oh, yes. I know things, isn't it? So when you fill your head with the past, I'm telling you, you will always be ashamed. Do you remember the day you were told to pray? Then you stood before people like this. 
Then you said, Praise the God. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember do you remember that day you were going to do a presentation and you went to the boardroom and all these guys were seated gentlemen with their suit and with their ties and then they say start you opened your mouth the voice is not coming you said give me water give me water they gave you water you drank you opened your mouth again the voice was not coming out then you started sweating then one of the guys who was seated looked at you and said do you need a bathroom break when you looked at your trouser it was wet you're pretending you don't know your past isn't it I'm trying my best. <laughs> oh, do you remember the day you practice you're going to sing a particular song? Huh? You had a Kesha practicing the song. Then they said it is time to receive a special song from brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so then you came on stage they gave you the microphone you tried the first note you started coughing <coughs> You told the band, change the key. They changed the key. You tried again, you coughed. Then you say, ladies and gentlemen, do not listen to my voice. Listen to the man. <laughs> Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, you have a past, my friend. You have a past, and it is not a very good past. don't remember you don't remember how many say pastor I can remember my past hey, it was very difficult hey. you know the other day I saw a video of a guy who organized to surprise a lady huh? and the lady is like the guy had a friend so the guy invited the lady to a restaurant and the lady came to the restaurant and then the guy came to surprise the lady with flowers and a ring huh? then he appeared out of the blues knelt before the lady presented the flowers opened the box where the ring is and he said will you marry me then the lady stood and looked at the guy. She took the flowers and slapped the guy with the flowers. Oh, you do not 
remember. You do not remember. Sit down. When you keep on thinking about those things every day, every hour, let me tell you, you'll be feeling shame every day. And that's why you can see there are people who have not been able to break away from their past. That's why some of them are not married. Because they are still afraid that the experience will repeat itself. Please, if your neighbor is not married, ask, ask that neighbor of yours, why are you not married? I just need to know, why are you not married? And the way you are beautiful, the way you are handsome, how comes you are not married? Ladies and gentlemen, your shame can be compounded by rehashing the past. So, your victory over shame begins when you stop rehashing the past. Let me say that again. Your victory over shame begins when you stop rehashing the past. Your victory over shame begins when you accept that you cannot change your past, but you can determine your future. Who am I preaching to in this house? Tell your neighbor, you can determine your future. Your past is past. It is gone. You can never go back to high school. You can never go back to primary school. And if you go back, it is because you want to be in the Guinness World Record book. But you can never go back there. Your past is gone. It is time to move on. Hallelujah. You have a future ahead of you. Beautiful future ahead of you. With wonderful opportunities. Great opportunities that God is going to present to you. So you have to forget about the past and move forward. Can I hear an amen? Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13. Paul says, give me the scripture, Philippians chapter 3. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead. You have to forget what is behind. Forget about your failures. Forget about your blunders. Forget about your foolish decisions. Forget about that joker who wasted your time. Forget about the wrong turns that you took in the past. It is time for you to move forward. I say it's time for you to move forward. It's time for you to move on. There are other opportunities awaiting you in the future. If you're stuck in the past, you will not step into those opportunities. Look at your neighbor, tell them it is time to move on. Oh yes. Oh yes, it's time to move on. Look, Paul was not also a very nice guy. He killed Stephen. 
Yes, a great evangelist. He persecuted Christians. He was putting them in prison, making their life difficult. But here he says, forgetting, forgetting those things which are behind. Father, I pray for the gift of forgetfulness upon these people this morning. May they forget the pain they went through, the blunders that they made, the mistakes that they made. It is time to focus on what is ahead of you. Can I tell you something? Your future is brighter than your past. Uh oh, you didn't hear what I say. I say your future is brighter than your past. I see you in the future. You look better than the way you look right now. If you believe it, shout yeah. Sit down, number two. I like what somebody said that if the devil reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. And he will stop bothering you. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Tell your neighbor one more time, forget the past. Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. God is, God is liberating somebody here. Forget the past. It is gone. And you cannot change it. Forget it. It's gone. Tell your neighbor, it's gone. Completely gone. You, you, you can't change it. It's gone. Number two, is a vicious cycle of mistakes. That's another trigger of shame. A vicious cycle of mistakes. When you find yourself in the same thing, and this is something you detest, it can trigger shame in your life. Sometimes we do speak words or do things that leave us with regrets because of our fallen nature. But our greatest challenge is when we find ourselves repeating the same mistakes over and over again. You can do something wrong once and then deal with it. But if you find yourself doing it again and again, you repent, then you go back. You repent, then you go back. You say, oh God, forgive me. This is the last time I'm doing it. And then you do it again. Then you pray and say, Lord, if I do it again, kill me. Then you find yourself, you have done it again. Hey. <laughs> or you've never prayed that prayer. Please, please, can we be honest this morning? You've never prayed that prayer. You are, you are even trying to threaten yourself so that you don't do it. But you do it again. So when you find yourself in the cycle of mistakes, it will trigger shame in your life. Sometimes people even change phone numbers. Because you're trying to avoid that particular call. But because the other person has not changed your number. Or changed his number and he knows your number. He, 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 he calls you with another number. The moment you hear his voice. By the time you are sober, it is the following morning. Tell your neighbor, pastor knows things. Yeah? Or you tell your ex, it is over. Me and you, 
it is over. Don't call me. Don't come to my office. Don't send me anything. Even take even your gifts. I'm returning your phone. I'm returning your watch. I'm returning your shoes. Take everything. The pictures that we took, I have I have burnt them. You even block him on social media. No, don't unfollow. Block. Then one day you are just innocently in a fine restaurant. You're just sipping your tea in the name of the Lord. And you're not eating anybody's money. It's your money you're eating. Very peaceful. Eh, this side is very quiet. They're sipping their tea. And then that guy walks in. Who walks in? Harry. <laughs> and everything goes haywire. Because you remember his cologne. Oh, the ladies are very quiet in this. Uh, you remember the cologne. It gets into your nose. It climbs up. Goes to your common oblangata. Disorients you. Then he gets to your table. And say, hello. Before you know it, you start saying, Father, forgive me for the last time. It becomes what? A cycle. A cycle. You say, I will not do this thing again ever. Over my dead body, I will never. Then you find yourself in it again. Or it takes you five years. And you're so happy, man. You know, the last time I smoked was five years ago. I am totally free. The last time I did drugs, five years ago. Then you, went, you go for a party. End of year party at the office. Hmm. They have brought everything. Everything. Tell your neighbor everything. Drinks from one end to another. They have even brought shisha. Huh? Scented shisha. These are these are experienced people. I'm telling you. So even before sniffing, by being in the environment, something is beginning to happen to you. 
you feel something. And before you know it, you say, let me try one puff. Just, just, just. Just one. One for the road. I'm, I'm actually even leaving. On your way out. By the time you are, you are, you are sober, <laughs> they are waking you up and say, we are closing. <laughs> we are closing. It's a repeated cycle. Look, am I saying the truth? I know your neighbor is looking at me with a straight face. But tell your neighbor, neighbor, pastor is saying the truth. Oh, yes. And you feel very bad. You look at the five years you have been clean. You feel like you have wasted all that time. Yeah. And, and, and shame. Shame covers you completely. So for you to come out of this cycle, do you want to know how to come out of this cycle? You don't want me, I'm going home then, if you don't want. How many are saying, Pastor, I want to come out of this cycle. This cycle is giving me problems all the time. Do you know what you need? You need to have a very strong will and determination to break away from the cycle of mistakes. You must have a strong will. Somebody shout a strong will. Mm. Very strong will. Where you say no matter what. I'm not going down, down that road again. I know I feel it. I feel the attraction. Oh Lord. You can see even my body is shaking. Lord, I am weak. Very weak. Lord, if you don't come right now, the way I'm feeling, I'm gone. You feel like this thing is grabbing you, choking you. What will save you is a strong will. Where you, see, where you say, no matter how I feel, my decision stands. I say, you say, no matter how I feel, my decision stands. So I'm not making this decision because it feels good. I am making this decision because it feels right. neighbor you must have a strong will strong. let me give you a scripture you're very powerful do you want a scripture Genesis chapter 27 this is a story of two brothers Esau and Jacob the father is old and he's almost dying and he wants to bless Esau and so he tells Esau I want you to go and bring me some nice sumptuous meal I eat and then I'll bless you the mother had and decided to help Jacob because Jacob was this nice guy hanging around the mother. Yeah? Mama's boy, isn't it? Verse 13. <laughs> we know them. 
So of course, Jacob brought the blessing with the help of the mother and he was blessed. As soon as he left, Esau arrived. The Bible says from verse 30, now it happened as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob and Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. Verse 31. He also had made a savory food and brought it to his father and said to his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's game that your soul may bless me. Verse 32. And his father Isaac said to him, who are you? So he said, I am your son, your firstborn, Esau. Hmm. And Isaac trembled exceedingly and said, who? <laughs> Where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came and have blessed him. And he did. He shall be blessed. When a father blessed you or when a father blesses you, you are blessed indeed. Amen. As your father, I bless you today. May you be blessed as you go out. May you be blessed as you come in. May your children be blessed. May your house be blessed. May your business be blessed. May your marriage be blessed. May your future be blessed. Receive it in the name of Jesus. The louder you amen, the faster it will happen. Receive it in Jesus' name. Verse 34. Sit down. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried. When a man cries, he's serious. Because men don't cry a lot. True or not true? We cry, but we cry in the bathroom. He cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me. Me also. Oh, my father. This guy was desperate for blessings. Look, the children in those days, they understood the blessings of a father. The children in our generation do not understand the blessings of a father. No wonder you are not blessed. No wonder you are struggling. Because you think your father is nothing. Your father is not nothing. Your father is very important. Tell your neighbor, your father is very important. Then verse 35. Are you with me, somebody? Hmm. But he said, your brother, Pastor Zeph, are we together? Your brother came with deceit and has taken away your blessing. And he said, is he not rightly named Jacob? The supplanter? The conman? The cheat? This is what he loves doing. Then he said, for he has supplanted me these two times. Do you know what he's all saying? This thing is repeating itself. It is a vicious cycle that is repeating itself in my life. Because the first time I remember I came back home, I was very, very hungry. I wanted food to eat and I didn't have anything. And my brother told me, if I can allow him to be the firstborn, he will give me food. I despised my position as a firstborn in this family. And I told him, you can have it, give me food. Welcome. So Esau said, this thing is a cycle. It's repeating itself. I am making the same mistake twice. 
He says, he took away, look at that verse. He took away my birthright. And now look, he has taken away my blessing. And he said, have you not reserved a blessing for me? Is there anything that is remaining for me? Because this guy has cheated me twice. This is a vicious cycle. I'm repeating the same mistake over and over again. Verse 37. Then Isaac answered and said to Esau, Indeed, I have made him your master. And all his brethren I have given to him as servants. With grain and wine I have sustained him. What shall I do? For you. What shall I do now for you my son? Hey. I'm sympathizing with Esau. Things are very thick. And Esau said to his father. Have you only one blessing my father? Hey. Because sometimes you don't even need blessings. You just need a blessing. Only one. I say only one. Father, I prophesy over somebody here. If there is a blessing they need, may they receive that blessing to transform their lives in the name of Jesus. Shout, I receive it. Only one. Only one. My father, bless me. Me also. Oh, my father. And he so lifted up his voice and wept. Sit down. We are reading the scripture. Then Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, Behold. Now he's releasing a blessing to Esau. Behold, your dwelling shall be of the fatness of the earth. May somebody receive that blessing this morning. Your dwelling shall be of the fatness of the earth in the name of Jesus. You will buy land, and beneath the land there will be gold. Maybe I should try this side. I say you will buy property, and beneath the land there will be oil. Fatness, increase. Shout yes! Fatness of the earth. Sit down. And of the dew of heaven from above you know you might never understand do until you plant something if you plant something you have to keep on watering it and watering it and watering it and watering if it is grass you have to keep on watering it and watering it but when dew comes even without water what you have planted will flourish what a blessing may everything you do flourish even in hostile circumstances May it flourish in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let me try St. Benedict here. May whatever you do flourish in Jesus' name. Amen. Even when the shilling is tumbling, may you prosper. Amen. Let me try this side. May whatever you do, your business flourish. Amen. Even in this economy, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can I come over here? May what you do flourish. Amen. Even in this economy, in the name of Jesus. Should I come there or should I move back to this other side? Should I come? I prophesy may whatever you do with your hands flourish even in this economy. Somebody shout yes. 
What a blessing. Then something else happened. Sit down. Are you enjoying this message? Then he told him, from today, Esau, I want you to be a fighter. This guy has always outsmarted you. But from today, I want to give you a strategy. He says, by your sword, you shall live. And you shall serve your brother. And it shall come to pass. When you are restless. When you get tired of the cycle of mistakes you have made. When you become restless, what will you do? You shall break his yoke from your... My God, I want to preach to somebody here who says, Pastor, I am tired of making the same mistakes over and over again. Do I have tired people in this house? You are tired of failing over and over again. You are tired of stagnation over and over again. You are tired of foolish mistakes over and over again. Tonight, I release some boldness. I release some courage. I release within you the ability to break every yoke off your neck shout yes I want you to give somebody high five and tell them I'm breaking it 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 every cycle of bad relationships I am breaking it in the name of Jesus I have determination I have the will to conquer drunkardness I have the will I have the determination to conquer sexual perversion I have the will I have the determination to break out of the cycle of blunders and mistakes shout yes in this house tell your neighbor you can break it you can break it you can break it I pray for you this morning any yoke any chain any form of slavery in your life today may be broken in the name of Jesus anything that brings shame in your life over and over and over and over again I break it in the name of Jesus if you believe it shout aloud amen if you believe it's broken give God a shout of praise in this house Turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, neighbor, I will not drink again. Mm, they didn't hear you tell them, I will not drink again. Oh, they didn't hear you look at them straight in the eye and tell them, I'm determined, I'm not drinking alcohol again. I will not smoke again. I will not steal again. I will not cheat and lie again. I will not sleep with a man who is not married to me again. I will not fire ladies in the church again. I am changed. I have determination. I have determination. My will is stronger. I will conquer this thing. I will overcome this thing. I will break this yoke of my life. Shout yeah! I 
want you to grab your neighbor's hand. I feel like we need to pray for a minute. I want you to break that chain. Break it right now. Break it right now. Break it right now. They have to be free. Break it right now. You will not go back. We shall not go back. Break it right now. That shame has to leave you. That shame has to go. Break it. Break it. Break it. Break it. Of captivity. We break, oh God, every chain of captivity in the name of Jesus Christ, oh God. Father, no more captivity. No more captivity in the name of Jesus Christ, oh God. Share No more, Father Jehovah, in the name of Jesus break it break it break it break it come on raise your voice and break it right now break that chain break that yoke whatever it is that addiction that power that has kept you in bondage that demonic influence that has kept bondage break it right now break it right now Become restless. Become restless. Become restless. And break that yoke. Now I want you to clap your hands for victory. Clap your hands for victory. Come on, clap your hands for victory. Clap your hands for victory. The devil is alive. Clap your hands for victory. The chain is broken. The chain is broken. The chain is broken. The chain is broken. I feel it in my spirit. The chain is broken. The yoke is broken. You will no longer live in shame. You will no longer walk in shame. You will no longer live in shame. The devil is alive. The yoke is broken. The yoke is broken. The yoke is broken. In the name of Jesus. Sit down. Number three. Low self-esteem. Low self-esteem. Low self-esteem is when one lacks confidence about who they are and what they can do. It encompasses the following, your sense of identity. In other words, you have an overall poor, overall poor sense of self-value. You have a very low opinion of yourself. Very low opinion of yourself. You don't think anything good can come out of you. As a matter of fact, you don't even like how you look. You don't like your nose, you don't like your height, you don't like your complexion, you don't like everything. You don't like, you don't like your lips. You don't think your, your, your kiss can give somebody a passionate kiss. Your lips can give somebody a passionate kiss and transport them to cloud nine. (laughs) 
That's why there are people who go, they inject their lips so that their lips can be big. Big lips. So they can give big kisses. <laughs> Ask your neighbor, do you love yourself? Ladies want to increase this side. Because they don't like what they were given naturally. Some increase here. They add potatoes when they are dressing. Not just for the pointed potatoes. Then when they walk, they stick out their chest. Like a bouncer in the gym. Let's not go to tying. There are a lot of things which have been tied this morning. People are not breathing. They are looking forward for the service to come to an end. They go and lose themselves. I wish you see some of these ladies when they enter their house. Ask a lady next to you, what do you remove when you get to your house? Please, these ladies are not talking to their neighbors. What is going on? Hey. You know, I saw a video. Me, I love seeing videos. I saw a video of a gentleman who got married. Then they went for honeymoon. Then they closed the door. Then the lady started removing things. She removed her hair. She removed her, what do you call these ones? Eyelashes. Then she didn't even have but she removed artificial ones. Now the worst is when she removed her entire dental formula and she put it in the glass. When she came back to where the husband was, when the husband looked at her, he fainted. Please turn to your neighbor and ask them, what I'm seeing, is it real? Is it real what I'm seeing right now? Is it, is it real? Hey. Do you know we even have fake hips? Yeah, you see people here walking. 
Fake. Hakuna kitu huko ndani. Fake. Sisi si wajinga. Look, love yourself the way you are. Because if you are ashamed of who you are, you will always be covered with shame. many things you can do that will even make you turn yeah there are many things you can do and make it real make it real yeah make it real man make it real make it real give us real hips make it real natural yes make it real make it real oh ladies are very quiet make it real make it real That's why people, you can find a husband and a wife, they are married, but they can never change in the same room. Never. Ne- it can never happen. And the lady will always give excuses, I'm afraid of the light. I like changing in darkness. We are trying to reduce the cost of electricity. Hey. Tell your neighbor, do you love yourself? Are you proud of yourself? Look, can I help you? You can never have everything. You cannot clap, but let me say it again. You can never have everything. God knows how to balance. He will give you a nice face. But your legs are crooked. Do you know why he does that? So that you remain humble. He will give you some nice legs. But behind there is nothing. It's like you have been ironed. He wants you to remain humble. Look at your neighbor and tell them you can never have everything. Or some things just go haywire in your body. No matter what you do, intermittent fasting, sujui what, sujui running, sujui what, it's just, it's like Mount Zion, which can never be moved. Oh, St. Benedict, you're very quiet. They are hanging in there. So appreciate what you have. And let somebody love you for who you are. Not for who you pretend to be. If you don't like this, that's your problem. Somebody else will like it. If you don't like this, that's your problem. Yeah. Someone, you see. <laughs> that you are despising me because I'm short. It's fine. There's somebody who loves short men. 
Sit down, sit down. So tell your neighbor, love yourself. Just love yourself. The way you are, love yourself. Hey. Can you imagine if the world, everybody looked the same? It would have been a very boring place. God, God knows how to spice up life. Yeah. That's why we have short people, tall people, plump people, slender people. Yes. Dark, brown. Yeah. Look, being brown does not mean you're beautiful. You don't want me to preach this more, but I preach it anyway. Being brown does not mean you're beautiful. Because there are people who have bleached their faces. But when you look at the elbow. Eh? You look at the fingers. You are traumatized. Have you ever called somebody and say, can we FaceTime? They say, eh. Prepare me first. You can't just tell me, can we first time? Because they know you will see something that you never expected. Throw your hands up and say, I love myself just the way I am. Love myself just the way I am. The way you are. Look, one day, sit down and give you a story. One day. I was somewhere. It's a true. All my stories are true. I was somewhere in a mall and I saw a particular lady with very crooked legs. How did I know she had crooked legs? It's because she was wearing a very short skirt. But let me tell you, the way she was walking, she didn't care. She has crooked legs. That was her day for short skirts. And she was wearing high heels. And she was walking with confidence. She didn't care. I said, I love her confidence. Some of you. Some of you. I, 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 oh, you know me, I love long dresses. No, 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 no. Psalms. Hmm. Oh, I need to finish my message. Yeah. 
You know, one day I I joked with my mom. I told my mom I want to buy her a mini skirt. <laughs> because I saw her pictures when she was a young girl. Have you seen them too? My mom used to wear hapa. Hapa. No wonder my father was confused. <laughs> Said this one I must get. Mom, can I buy you? <laughs> she told me wearing to go where? <laughs> But tell your neighbor, I love myself and I appreciate myself just the way God has made me. Psalms 139, verse 13. Mm. I'm loving it. For you formed my inward parts, kidneys, huh? liver, all those things. Then you covered me in my mother's womb. Who created you? It is God. Uh -huh. Next verse. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. Tell your neighbor you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Fearfully means we inspire a sense of awe. Or astonishment because of how we are created. When somebody looks at you, he goes like, wow, God's creation. Mm -hmm. When he looks at your eyes, he goes like, wow, you've got blue eyes. Ooh. Mm. One time somebody told me, you have bedroom eyes. I said, oh, yeah. Look, look at the jealous people. If you don't have those eyes, that is your problem. Me, I was given. Oh, yeah. Some of you, your eyes is like you are sleeping 24-7. But still, there is something in you that inspires a sense of oh. Wow. When somebody looks at you, they go like, wow, God's creation. Wow. Look at your neighbor and tell them, wow, God's creation. Zef, wow. Why are you people laughing? You think he's not God's creation? He's God's creation. Wow. Look at Harry's color. Wow. God's creation. Tell your neighbor one more time. When I look at you, I go like, wow. <laughs> mm. How about
out wonderfully. What does it mean? It means you are created distinct. And you are distinguished from other creations. You have been set apart from all elements, vegetation, animal life, and even the angels. You are designed physically, biologically, mechanically, or mechanical, and, and functional, or mental, or emotional, and spiritual. Reflects God's expansive intelligence, wisdom, and creativity. Hey. You have a unique DNA. Nobody has your DNA. Very unique. You are the only one in this world. A world of 7 billion plus people. You are the only one with unique fingerprints. How dare you despise yourself? How dare you look at the mirror and start correcting what God has done and yet he has done a wonderful job to create you to fashion you to give you all these wonderful qualities how dare you try to correct God leave your ears alone let them be you get what I'm saying even when you look at them and you're seeing they are not symmetrical. Question is, can you hear me? Question is, can you hear me? If you can hear me, make some noise in this house. That is the most important thing. What is the use of having beautiful ears that cannot hear? Choose beautiful ears you can't hear and balanced ears or the ears of an elephant and you can hear. Which one will you choose? Please talk to me. Which one will you choose? So when you look at the mirror, like what you see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other day I looked at the mirror and I fell in love with myself again. I said, wow, look at this handsome dude. You keep on getting better and better and better and better every day. Oh my. Look at those. Hmm. You're looking fine. You're looking fine. If there's nobody to tell you those things, tell yourself. Ladies, stop waiting for people to tell you things. Tell yourself, I am beautiful. I am wonderfully made. I am fearfully made. I am handsome. I am anointed. I am blessed. I am strong. I'm going somewhere. I am more beautiful than Miss Kenya. Oh, am I talking to somebody in this house? Prophesy over yourself and declare good things to yourself. I am fearfully and wonderfully mad. When that register, you see, the Bible says, and my soul, and my soul 
knows very well. When it registers in your soul, shame has no place in your life. The reason why you are struggling with shame because of your body part is because it has not registered in your soul that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. David says, my soul knows very well. So it doesn't matter what people say. They can laugh at my ears, but I know I am fearfully and wonderfully made. They can laugh at my legs, but I know I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. They can laugh at my pot belly, but I know I am fearfully and wonderfully made. They can laugh at my skin color, but I know I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am God's masterpiece. I am a creature of divine design. When he made me, he did not make a mistake. He made me the way I am so that I may be able to fulfill his purpose. I am beautiful. I am handsome. I look good. Period. My soul knows very well. Today, I give you permission. Never allow anybody to make you feel ugly. You did not hear what I said. Let me say that again. Never allow anybody to make you feel ugly. Beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. And if you think I'm ugly, it is not me who is ugly. It is your eyes that need correction. Tell your neighbor, I look good. And I don't care about your opinion, but I look good. Number, let me give you the last one. I'll jump one and give you the last one. I will tell you where you get to the other one. When you're exposed, shame clouds your life. John chapter 8 is a sad story of a woman the Bible says was caught in the very act. You know what the very act means, eh? I don't need to explain, isn't it? Ask your neighbor, are we on the same page? And they brought that woman before Jesus. And the people who dragged that woman were there with stones, ready to stone her. Can you imagine how this woman felt? You have, you have been put in the middle, surrounded by men, and they have stones in their hands. They are saying, we have to stone her. Can you imagine how she felt? That was embarrassing. And they even brought her to Jesus. Dragged her from the house, brought her to Jesus. See, when I, I was reading this story, the Bible does not give us a lot of details about this story. But you see, when you're caught in the act, most of the time, I don't think you're dressed. I know some of you are skillful. You can do with your dress on. But normally, St. <laughs> Benedict, please help me preach. You're very quiet. What's going on? But many times, when you're caught in the act, you're naked. Maybe she was naked. In front of all these people. They yanked her from the man. 
I don't think they even gave her time to dress up. Dragged out of that bed. Maybe she was even pleading, please cover me, please cover me. I said, no, we don't have a time to cover you. We want Jesus to see. Yeah, we want concrete evidence. She was without clothes before Jesus. Maybe children were there as well. Young people were there. They threw her in front of Jesus. Said, Jesus, according to the law of Moses, this woman must be stoned because we caught her in the very act. Look at even the way she looks. She doesn't have her clothes on. Yeah. Jesus, look at the fluids on her thigh. This is evidence. Look, I can be very explicit. Who is daring me to go deeper? <laughs> oh, now you don't want to go deeper. Okay, let's stay at that level. And Jesus said, if there's any man here who has never committed sin, let me paraphrase. If there's a man here who has never tested a woman, Hey, 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 hey. I cannot ask that question in this congregation. Hey! <laughs> I had somebody say, Pastor, can we finish now? Let's, let's just finish now. He said, if there's any man who has never committed, let him the first to cast the stone. And one by one, my flashback, Zikaanza, Shwa. Hey. <laughs> Atihari left. Pastor <laughs> Berry, uh, there was a skit here that Harry was involved. <laughs> One by one, they dropped their stones. That's what I want to tell you. When somebody is caught in shame, stop being loud. Don't be like this guy. You saw this other guy. The monitoring spirit. Remember the guy that was here with, with a cape? the noisy neighbor. Even the pastor was trying to shut him down. Don't be like that guy. Because I'm telling you, if that question was to be directed to you, you will shut up. You will shut up. And I want to give you wisdom. When you see somebody in such a mess, don't, be, don't also send your comment. Yeah, you become a keyboard warrior. You, 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 you write a paragraph. You even want people long posts. 
The reason why you are writing is because you have not been exposed. Mm-hmm. Thank you for those who are clapping their hands. They understand what I'm saying. You have not been exposed. That's why you are writing. But the day you let be exposed, you will go back to that post and delete it. But it will be too late. Because when you see somebody in a mess, it should make you also reflect and say, hey, Lord, it can happen to anyone. Yes. You, you did it, but you are never caught. Look at your neighbor. Do they look innocent? They have never done it. What do you think? Please give me an analysis of your neighbor. Unona nyaupe kama pamba ama unona hiko maneno. Jesus said, if there is anyone here who has never committed sin, throw the first stone. And one by one, they drop. The old, Bible says in that congregation, the old were there and the young were there. Huh? One after the other. What was the sequence? Give me that scripture. What was this? He who used that sin, then those who had it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one. Flashback. Some remembered, oh, 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 I was in Naivasha, Kai. Another one remembered, eh, even yesterday I did it. Another one remembered, I am the one who was with this woman. <laughs> they caught the woman, but they didn't catch me. One Give me the scripture. There's something I'm saying. Beginning with the oldest. Are you seeing that? The oldest were the first ones to live. Because them they have experience. It was quick for them to remember. Ask your neighbor for me. How old are you and how many bad things have you done? Oh, people are not talking to their neighbors. beginning with the oldest even to the last and Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst but also indulge your imagination with me the woman is left in this place with Jesus but there's something else a heap of stones what does that mean Jesus was the only person qualified to pick all those stones and bury this woman with them he had every right to bury her with those stones but what did Jesus do? Next verse. Jesus raised his head, looked around. See, hey, where are these people? 
He saw no one but the woman, and he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Where are they? Because you are only confident because your impropriety has never been exposed. The day is exposed, you lose your confidence. Then Jesus said, Has no one condemned you? Verse 11. She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Thank God for Jesus. I say, Thank God for Jesus. You might never appreciate forgiveness until you find yourself in such a mess. Jesus said, go and sin no more. This morning, if you're struggling with shame, Jesus does not condemn you. He wants to set you free. You can beat boatloads of shame. Let's rise to our feet. Lift up your hands. I want to pray for you quickly. Father, in the name of Jesus, every bondage, every shame, every stain in their lives, Lord, I pray that may you erase it in the name of Jesus. Every shame clouding their lives, surrounding their lives, every form of foulness saturating their lives may be broken in the name of Jesus. Every cycle of repeated mistakes, blunders, sinful behavior, I pray that may their will be strong, may their will be strengthened in your presence to overcome it in the name of Jesus. Every form of bondage, every form of addiction, I pray that may it be broken in the name of Jesus. Oh yes, rehashing the past, may it be broken. Your mind will not go behind, will not go to your past, will not dwell on the past. In the name of Jesus, your mind will focus on the future that God has in store for you. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, let them experience deliverance. Let them experience deliverance right now. In the name of Jesus, I decree that your past will not have power over your life. Your failure will not have power over your life. The wrong choices you made, I pray today that they will not determine your future. In the name of Jesus, I proclaim your freedom today. May you be free. May you be set free. Any addiction, drug addiction, sex addiction, addiction to harmful behaviors, addictions to aversion, any form of addiction, I break its power over your life right now in the name of Jesus. 
you will not go back there you will not do those things again you will not say those things again you will not participate in those things again in the name of Jesus I pray for your freedom and I pray for your deliverance today may you be set free may you be set free give me the anointing oil may you be set free in the name of Jesus I decree that you are free I decree that the chains are breaking of your life in the name of Jesus. There is no more bondage. There is no more bondage. There is no more bondage. There is no more fear. There is no more shame in your lives in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazo Tachero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.